Hey there. Hello. It's Sunday, July fifteenth, yes. two thousand eighteen. Yeah. And it's the uh, second ever episode three of the Cooperative Play podcast. Ah, yes. We lost that episode. The this the second real one, the lost episode. Yeah, uh, lost the time, and to malfunctioning hardware. Yeah, and you know what? It's not like the, uh, what was it? The Mario, the Super Mario that had like the lost levels. Lost levels? That's just it's Super ne- Mario 2. It's never gonna be like that, yeah. That's, that's just Super Mario 2. My point is, it, it's never gonna be recovered in that way. Oh yeah, we, it's truly lost. It's forever. really gone. Uh, I'm Rich Meister. As Hi. always, I'm here with the Gummy Bear Gondolier. What is that? Eric Ortiz. Oh yeah, from yesterday. That's, yeah, your, yeah, your yeah. nickname. There was a uh, pool party yesterday and somebody had a Gummy Bear inflatable and I wrote it like a gondola. Gondolier. Is that really what they call the them? The gondolier, I believe, is the the pilot, like the dude. The guy, really? Yeah, I think so. Oh boy, or I yeah. might be wrong, but I think that's true. The the rower for us. Yeah, in the uh, United States. The dude States. with the oar. He's a gondolier. Yes, that I, sounds right. I guess so. But yeah, it's the second ever episode ever. So I'm pretty excited uh, uh, about all yeah. this. <laughs> Definitely not technically the fourth in some way. No, but hello everybody. We're here to talk about video games. Yeah, this is the podcast all about um, Streets of Rage. Was it cooperative play? Did it's co-op- we decide- it's oh, cooperative boy. play. I'm sorry, everybody. We, we spent a lot of time on this. We spent <laughs> maybe a few test episodes on it. Yeah, no, we got a name. Mm. We got, it's on iTunes, so that's the name now. That's pretty official. Yeah. Um, but We have a Twitter handle, so that's the name now. We also talk about games and gaming news and games. Mostly games. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll dive into the, the early starter stuff. Uh, Eric, what have you been playing this week? Oh, that's great. Um, I've been, honestly, I've been playing Fortnite. So Fortnite came out with season five. five. Um, and I'm not, I'm not really a big battleground kind of player. Like I kind of strayed away when you guys were doing the PUBG and, um, everything else, but it was free, which is why everybody jumped into it anyways, right? For Fortnite. And, um, I played it for about maybe three seasons now, just with my brother and Sun Yu and some other people from time to time. And they just released the season five, which is, for those who are unaware, every, every time Fortnite kind of works in seasons that last about maybe a month and a half to two months. And the seasons will always have like these themes to them, right? They'll change the map in some way. They'll, uh. Like season four was superheroes. Yeah, like a superhero. So they had like, uh, these power crystals that would make you jump really high and, and all this the other Thanos nonsense. event in the midst of all yeah. that, which was cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, they just basically have different events to make the game fresh and they make patches and they change the map in different ways and they make additions. It, it, it's cool. So season five right now. It's the I guess the whole motif. For, I, I don't even know the theme. The theme is alternate realities, I believe. Where, it seems like every section of the map seems so wildly different. Yeah, and I think they did that because like ah, oh, there was a uh, a rip in time, and basically like certain areas of the map are from other worlds or something. And shouldn't have played with that Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, it's really dumb. <laughs> the point is, it's really stupid, but it, it's a it's a neat way to keep the game fresh. So I I played it a little bit, and I've been playing it a lot actually this week, and um. Yeah, honestly, it's a fun game. They really refined they refined it pretty well, and uh, I have a lot of fun with it from time to time. But I've been playing that. I even played some Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze for the Nintendo Switch. Oh yeah, Nintendo I Switch. have that. I know. We, I, I have that Switch port. I think baby. we talked about that. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's it's it, it is Donkey Kong. This is true. The rumors are all true. For sure, that's what you want. The rumors are all true. This is a port of the Wii U Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, which is a great one. It 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 really is. Um, nobody had a fucking Wii U, so it's good that's, to have it on. 
here. That's also true. And I miss the Kremlins still. The Kremlings. Yeah. Not the Kremlins. That is that is Russia. The, yeah. Um, I also miss the Kremlin. <laughs> that is Russia. But I miss the Kremlings. I miss KK, King K. Rule. Because now you're just kind of beating on these random Arctic animals. And I mean, these guys are pretty... These animals... Don't get me wrong. These animals are dicks. And they, they go got to like Donkey a, Kong's Island. And they make things cold. They got a big horn that makes things chilly. Yeah, yeah. A penguin blows into it. Some some wacky shit out. You know, Donkey Kong's ecosystem on that island is very delicate. And It seems that way. You need to keep a warm climate in that place. And these guys come in and just start disrupting the climate and the ecosystem. Plant life is dying. Uh, I, I only imagine some animals are dying. And Donkey Kong's not about that crap. I remember the first boss is a big Viking seal. It is. And you have to hop on his belly, and I enjoyed it's that. It's quite enjoyable. It makes me giggle sometimes. The bosses, though, they are they are difficult. I'm not going to say hard. They are difficult. Um, Donkey Kong has always been yeah. uh, the more difficult end of the spectrum of the Nintendo platformer. It has. It's just because, you know what, you get some easygoing levels, but then you, there's other times where the boss fights are just sometimes some platforms, they're difficult, and you just got to... Gotta keep trucking, and I am just progressing along that, trying to go through all the secret levels. One thing I've always done, ever since like Donkey Kong Country 2, is I've always beaten the game maybe once or twice, because honestly, in, in length, they're really not that long, I would say. I mean, I would even say Tropical Free is like, what, 10 to 15 long, if you really were just yeah, that sounds about right. straight up gunning it, but they have so much secret content afterwards that I like to double back on and start to play. Secret levels are hard. That's number one, hard. Number one question for you. Yeah. Who is the best character to have on your back. Dixie. Uh, d- okay, we're Dixie. on the same page, yeah. yeah. It's always Dixie. D- Dixie Kong. They even changed her uh, abilities in this game from the previous iterations, where instead of a descending glide, she always has this little momentary upward. It's the propeller like, she spins her yeah. pigtail, or whatever, or ponytail, rather. Yeah, like, everybody, you know what, they could have gotten away with nobody having powers, but, you know what, Diddy's still fast, he has his jetpack, Cranky has his Scrooge McDuck cane, which is oh, fun. Y- it's just fun. That's always entertaining because he's literally just Scrooge McDuck from the DuckTales platform. Yeah, you know, Cranky's old, man. He's just, I don't know, he's doing shit that nobody else can do, but he's cool. And, um, but yeah, Dixie's the best. Bar none. You need it. In the, um, which I still haven't played much of yet, or maybe I'm losing my dates. I think it was out at the end of last month. Yes. Um, the expansion for Mario Rabbids, the Donkey right, Kong expansion. You told me about this, yeah. There is a Cranky Rabbit, is one of the new characters. He just has a beard right in a cane. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. That is pretty funny. I need to uh, dive into that. I think we talked about that the first time, too. It's so funny how the Rabbids, they've successfully made the Rabbids good. It's like, if the Rabbids are hanging around imitating this dumb thing I like more, then I'm fully willing to accept what they are. Yeah, I feel like they just had that bad, um, that initial bad birth from the Rayman series. And the funny thing being, too, with Rabbids is, like, we'll say jokingly that Rabbids are, like, the minions of video games, but they actually predate the minions, which makes them more awful. Yeah, and what do you... I I was thinking about this the other day, too, at least with the Rabbids. I guess now, technically, Rayman could potentially tie into the Nintendo universe. I... And that's the thing, too. I remember thinking when Ubi did this partnership, I'm like, when they initially announced it, I'm like... I would have much more enjoyed a Mario Rayman crossover RPG. Yeah, like that would have been cool. Like just something like Super Mario RPG or the Superstar Saga kind of game. And I think there's potential there for like a sequel. Yeah, like, especially in the The um, Rabbids landed in Mario's world. Maybe Rayman comes a looking for him. Yeah, Ray- Rayman just decides Actually, to give a shit. You know, for everything that I know based off Rayman, if he woke up and the Rabbids were gone, I don't think he'd look into it. He'd be like, let's not rock the boat. From what I've seen out of Rayman of all of his previous installments, it's 
Well, not counting Rayman Legends, because now they have a busty fairy, a part of his troop, but mm-hmm. it's always been about Rayman and Globox, mm-hmm. and, I, I mean, that's pretty much it, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, Rayman only cares about Globox, so... Rayman yeah. also likes taking pictures at those, uh, those, like, cutout things, if the original Rayman games... Are, yeah. Remember the, that Who's happened putting those like, there? every level? Yeah, no one knows. And that's the save states, too. Yeah. I had a good time with that. Oh, Rayman Rayman's was pretty cool. good. <laughs> it was, and I was just thinking, I'm like, Rayman's Man, Legends was really good too. That's what I was. I was like, oh, maybe they'll come back with another Rayman. They, Rayman's doing pretty well. He's not like he's dead. He, he had Rayman Legends, and he even has some previous installments. So it's and not they like it's keep been in a that. Like that's on Switch at this point. Rayman Legends is good. It's just a good game. Yeah, but if they made a uh, Super Mario RPG esque kind of game with Rayman, that'd work well. They have good. They have similar art styles. If anything yeah. else, like they're very um, they could blend well. I think. And nobody knows what Rayman is, so he kind of just... Not even Rayman. He's, yeah, well, he's just floating limbs, so, I mean, be a little jarring at first, but I, I think Mario would get over it. There's been worse in the Mushroom Kingdom, I think, so... Yeah, that's fair to say. I think we're okay. But yeah, well, he's already is, met Rabbids, so... Point is, Rabbids are cool. Donkey Kong is cool. That's what I've been playing, though, Fortnite. That's the name okay. of this episode. Rabbids are cool. That'll keep him flocking. Rabbids are cool. I don't think anybody's going to agree with it, but, I mean, now they are. <laughs> they're, they're, they're okay. But what have you been playing? Uh, I've actually been playing a lot. Uh, I'm gonna hit some of the stuff I've spent a little more time with this week. Yeah, man. Uh, number one, Octopath Traveler. Talk about this. I want to know I about this. really like this game, but it has some really weak points. What? Okay. Um, Talk about these, because I First off, for anyone who doesn't know, Octopath Traveler is an RPG out for the Switch. Um, you select one of eight characters, Octopath. Or the Traveler. Uh, or, or the Traveler, of course. Um... <laughs> To start with, they all have different backstories and motivations. The first one you pick will be your main character, so he will always be the leader of your party and one you can't swap out, I believe. Okay. Um, I started with Therion, the thief, who I think is one of the more interesting stories. I have about three characters at this point. Uh, art's beautiful. The battle system is super, super good. It's a turn-based RPG um, that features sort of a... Uh, Almost like Persona or Shin Megami Tensei-esque idea to the battle, okay. which is character uh, enemies are weak to certain attacks, and by hitting them with attacks they're weak for, you break their guard, doing more damage, and allowing you to take a second turn, usually. like, um, And then, likewise with that, you can hit the right trigger to stack up attacks. Mm. Uh, you can fill in these bubbles, essentially. Every time you use a basic attack, one of these bubbles lights up, which lets you stack up another attack. And then you can do it up to three times in a row, so if I use all of it, I'm hitting him with, like, five hit attacks in one turn, mm. and just dealing some heavy damage. I love good battle systems in my JRPGs. It's similar to, like, Bravely Default. Yeah, with the with a kind of quick combat there? Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. But, with the story, too, so tell me this, eight people, that's a lot. Yeah. I don't believe, I mean, you've spoiled this for me beforehand, but I don't believe the story's that great. If it's, that's the case, if they're spreading themselves a little thin there? Yeah, and it's not even the ma- amount of spreading themselves thin. I think each character has, you know, a good hook, some better than others, obviously, for this is my goal, here's what I'm going to do. It's how little the stories play together that is its weakness. Hmm. Like, these characters just stumble across each other without any good reason, just sort of start traveling together. They don't share motivations. So far, I have not seen any bigger overarching motivation for them to all be together. Everybody just has their own goal, and they're kind of along for the ride. See, and I have, I have, with the JRPG, if it has an excellent battle system, I could obviously forego it if the story isn't absolute trash. And which the it art doesn't is sound like it is. stunning. Yeah, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, 
how it just looks, how it presents itself. It has I'm a sort big of fan of that crossover. Pa- Papercraft look yeah, to it because of it. Yeah, I am a big it. fan of that. Super Mario did it when they were Paper Mario. Yeah. I I like it because, you know, it's creative. I like the creativity out of it. I like how they mix the pixelated things for, you know, the, the 8 to 16 bits for the, the old school fans, but they put that 3D spin on it, too. And on these big, impressive 3D backgrounds and... I believe the special edition came with, like, a pop-up book. That's cool. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like a style. Yeah, exactly. And even... See, I know that Octopath would never do it, but Mario was funny because they played on that, too. Like, they played that they yeah. were all made of paper. And that's, like, funny. Like, there's self-awareness to it. But there's this actually... One, um, I like just how serious it kind of is, too. Uh, a game that I believe... It's, I believe it's on Indiegogo, not Kickstarter. Mm. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's very much an RPG inspired by Paper Mario. It has that look, and you're playing as Bugs. Oh, that's funny. Um, a Bug's Life. It might just be called Bug. It's called The Bug's Life. They made a movie on it. They're going to release it. Yeah, it's uh, Flick's there. You all know Flick. <laughs> and the and the Grasshopper. I think his uh, name is literally Hopper. Yeah, it's gra- Hopper. Not to be confused with Stranger Things Hopper. It is literally Hopper. Is he voiced by Willem Dafoe? Am I, I making that up? Whoa, uh, mate. Look that up for a second. <laughs> I, right, that's actually really important, everyone. That's worth knowing, actually. Uh, Hopper... A Bug's Life. If you got the Kickstarter link, I would scream. <laughs> or the Indiegogo link, I'm sorry. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey wow. was Hopper. <laughs> wow. That's that's what? actually better than I could have imagined. <laughs> that's pretty... Well, you know what? Kevin Spacey's an asshole. Yeah. He, he fully developed into a Hopper. Yeah. It's, he uh come full circle. A Bug's Life. Method, method acting, man. Some would say the circle of life. Maybe that was a the theme they were trying to hit upon all along. Could be. Could be. But with Octopath, I... I enjoy styles like these because they're unique. I, I really like when somebody puts their own creative spin onto it, but one thing I do have to say is a little disappointing, at least with story, is that I like a cohesive group or a troop. I, I like I like a family. Yeah, that's it. Like they that family they don't feel like they have any reason to be together. That sucks. I really Which I, is a shame. I hate that. I, I need something. Even if it's something like... I mean, of course, I'm sure they have minor things where they're like, oh, you know, we're going to be trying. And, you know, its main focus is know. that it's, it's a big job system because everybody has their... Like, I'm the thief. I'm... The dancer, I'm the... So, you know, they're earning JP job points um, and putting them into new skills. Can you switch? Uh, so far, it doesn't look like it. That's okay. Um, that's, but that's okay some of the jobs are still, like, varied, which is interesting. Like, one of the characters is just, like, the merchant. Oh. Uh, uh, I hate... It's like in, um... Like with Bravely Default 2. I actually may think that's a good thing, because Bravely Default had a lot of jobs. They had, they had a plethora of job systems that you could just maneuver around. Final so Fantasy kinda, Tactics, best job system. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I like, like the merchant, though. Like, that's cool. Like, I, I don't mind unique ones like that. I just like how everyone's kind of, like, in their lane. I don't like the ability to switch if you already have, like, eight to ten jobs. Yeah, totally. Defined, if that makes sense. I just don't like, um, having too much. I, I always liked adept to job systems like that, though, like you're saying. When you start stumbling across those, like, weirder ones, like, you know, as you got deeper into Final Fantasy Tactics, you had, like, the mediator who would just try and convince enemies to join your party. Yeah, like those like kind of niche ones where you're hook. just like, let me see if I could do this. Let me see if this works. And you're just yeah. like, eh, I don't know. The Geomancer, like just... Well, in um, in Dragon Quest Seven, which is what I'm also perpetually playing until I die, um, they have they have a lot of jobs, too, in that game. And that's the thing, too. You don't know what... You can pick a warrior, or you can pick a sailor. 
It's like, well, what the hell am I going to do with it? Oh, or you can pick a sheep thing, like a, a shepherd. Like, well, what see, the hell am I going to do with all with this? I would always go with, like, the weirder one just to see what happens. I, did, I picked the shepherd. I was like, let's do it. I, my guy is on a wolf. He's His uh, his name's Ruff. Oh, so he, there's some beast taming. There, No, no, it's just a character named Ruff. Oh, and okay. You just ha- Basically, the story of Ruff is that he was a wolf turned into a boy, and now he became human, so now he's just chilling in your party. But he also has his wolf friend, so he's riding a wolf. All right. But his name is Ruff. And now they both are dressed like sheep because I made them shepherds. I never played Dragon Quest Seven. It's it's a really long game. Oh, I'm, it's, <laughs> it's a it's long a Dragon game. Quest game. Yeah, but this one's apparently it's like I also think I'm I'm, I'm gonna it, it's like seventy hours or like eighty. Dragon hours. Quest Eleven is out in about two months here in the U.S. Yeah, so I'm trying to uh, prep that. But yeah, my point is job systems. I like it when they're short and sweet. I like unique ones that make sense. Like, is the merchant do they get discounts? Uh, I believe so. I, the, the three characters I have at this point um, are Therion the Thief. Uh, the hunter, who her hook's really cool. She can uh, capture animals and add them to her list of like beast summoning attacks. Okay. Um, she starts with like a, a big like puma kind of cat thing and a wolf, um, and then you can capture more. And her main hooks of weapons are like a battle axe and a bow. Uh, and then I just got the cleric. Ooh, see, I'm always a big fan of the. Uh, I always love the clerics or the priests. Her, and every character has a specific ability outside of battle that you can use to interact with NPCs and, like, kind of shape the world. Like, the thief can pickpocket anybody. The hunter can challenge anyone to a fight. Lovely. Um, and the cleric can basically use, like, I think they call it her guiding light, uh, to, like, go up to an NPC and be like, hey, follow me. Like, you can guide NPCs. And the merchant can buy people. Yes, exactly. Like, How much are you? Exactly. Can I show you? You my can weapons? buy anything from anyone. I like your shoes for the right price without stealing. It's what like are you robbery. buying? Yeah, it's literally robbery without the stealing. Uh, that's pretty cool, though. Um, what was I gonna say about it too? Yeah, no, but with the story. Okay, so tell me this: How far are you in this? Uh, I'm about four or five hours in. Okay, so pro- you you probably tell me it when you're closer to being done. But I'm I'm curious to see. Like, is it broken up into chapters, the story? Uh, not as far as I can tell. Basically, once you're out in the world, um, you see marks on your map that's like, hey, here's where this character is, here's where this character's next story beat is, here's the level we recommend you be before you go do this. So right now, I've been kind of bouncing around, like, I've gone through towns, and in each one I found one of the characters I needed to get. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you find the new character, essentially you just go up and talk to them in the town, and it says like, "Hey, this is whoever the cleric. Do you want to hear the hear the beginning of her tale?" And then if you hit yes, you get to play what her intro would be if you started with her. Accidentally hits yes. Um, I hit yes every time because I want to see that no, stuff. Yeah, and story. it gives me a chance to level up the character a little bit before they join the party because oh, otherwise okay. they're right, starting you at do level their one. Beginning. I see. Okay. Um, yeah, then why wouldn't you always do that? Yeah, and also, do you want to just play the game eight times to see all that stuff? Like, I, guess I think it's you better to it again, and you're not interested and in save some it. of it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But yeah, I've said yes to each one so far, and then at the end of it, they end up joining. Um, I don't know if this is the case with everyone, but for the hunter, for example, um, the way they make it work actually is that you showed up halfway through her starting area. Okay. So once you get to a certain point, she's like, anyway, so that's what's been happening to me. Will you help me out? And then they make <laughs> the boss for the end of her starting area a little bit tougher, because you have a party now. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. Actually, you know what? I like that. And the reason why I'm even asking about the story is because, you know what, in Final Fantasy, in general, I'm thinking of four specifically, but basically everything is structured with their beginning, middle, and end kind of story. Yeah. Where... 
I mean, you you played four? Yes. Okay, so you know, like, you have Cecil in the party, you have the twins, the two mage twins, you have uh, the mage man, I don't know what his name is, but he dies. And, oh, no, oh, jeez. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, I mean, it's 20 Sorry. years ago. Sorry. It was like 20 years ago, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry and, about that game from 20 years ago. You have a ma- main mage guy. Point is, you have like a family almost. You may, and, and Sid, of course, and Sid's in yeah. every iteration, but... Yes. Basically, you have, like, this whole cohesive... This is what I mean when it's a little disappointing that's missing. Which is... Hold on, I'm going to interrupt you here when we talk yeah. about f- families and RPG characters coming together. I have to ask you this, because it's the most important okay. question about Final Fantasy VI. Did you wait for Shadow? No. You're a monster. No, Go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, actually, maybe I'll sound like a hypocrite for this one, but the point is, I like how... Yeah, even Six Did not wait for Shadow, my bad, but... You have a family, or at least you feel like you do. You have like a hodgepodge of all these different people that you meet, and you're going through this story together. So like, spoiler alert again, when the twins die because they become stone, when they try to practice their magic or whatever, or even when um, Rydia, Rydia comes back as like an adult, it's basically you're taking all these different perspectives of it, and by the end of the game, everybody gives a crap about each other. Yeah. Like it's a very strong There's a bond, bond. there. Yeah, but it's very strong. Even in Chrono Trigger, for example. Chrono Trigger... You meet Frog, you meet Frog's the cave the woman, you meet uh, the, the Bulma, and you meet, you meet <laughs> Robo. You even care about Robo. Robo's not even, like, conscious. He's just, like, a sentient being, and he's like, ah, but... I am Robo. Yeah, you have the hero's journey where you have it, beginning, middle, end. You want so, those silver coins. Yeah, so it's kind of a... It sucks to hear that I'd be playing the game and I'd get to the end point of after maybe, like, 40, 50 hours. And I don't feel like these characters are a group who's been traveling together on this epic journey. Right, because then I don't feel like I'm a part of their group to... And I guess the reason I was hoping there'd be more to it is, for one, I started with the thief, Varian, very much like, I'm out for me, man. But he's the thief. That's the kind of, like, attitude you expect from him through the entire game. But you know he cares. Well, that's my exact point. Like, say this thief... If I was playing him, yeah, it's a it's a freaking cliche. But yeah, I would imagine him at the end. He's the big aloof guy. Like, yeah, like say like say you were telling me his backstory, just very very abridged, where he gets this bracelet and he has to take it off because it's like a mark of shame for thieves if he can't take it off, and he goes on a mission. Fine, very very abridged, but yeah, it's like at the end. Imagine, like, even as a cliche, he has the opportunity to do it, but he would have to sacrifice somebody, and he can't do it, so he just decides to wear it. My, my point yeah, is... Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you expect. That's the kind of sappy crap I like playing yeah, 100%. in a JRPG, because I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's I've so been cool. playing Final Fantasy games since I was six. That's the kind of bullshit I want. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. Because so that's what would have happened yeah. to Zidane. <laughs> or, like, uh, in Metroid, when you, uh, you have to save all the little critters, you just... Part of the hero's journey. You know? You're thinking of Sonic again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My point, it, it, you just got I, I want to give a shit. But I'm glad to hear that the game's battle system is good. I'm glad to hear that it's all generally good, because if it wasn't, I'd feel a little bit pissed. That's the main thing, too. It's a little bit grindy, but the battle system is that good that I don't mind at all. No, I kind no. of just like sitting there. And, it, again, being on the Switch, I think, lends itself to that part of it, because like, I could watch Netflix or something and relax on my couch and play and just grind, you know? Yeah, well then, hey. And I think that totally adds something. Go go buy Octopath Traveler. I, I know I I would. It's pretty right good now because I don't have a switch. <laughs> so it would make no sense. Say, it's not to say I don't. I wouldn't. I just don't have a switch. Uh, I've been balancing some other stuff on the switch too that I want to touch on. What did you um, got? I'm playing uh, Luminous Remastered. Ooh, it's, tell me about this. Uh, did you play Luminous back in the day? I did. Uh, the briefly. You, you played it on the PSP or the official like 360 actually, ports? It's really funny. No, I actually. Played it on the PSP. I played that Darkstalkers Ridge Racer. Yeah, I played. So that yeah, PSP. so you yeah. you had a PSP. Yes, I had. Oh. I had a PSP. Is what I'm trying to say. 
Uh, yeah, Luminous was like one of my favorite things on the PSP. Uh, for those unfamiliar with it, it's a puzzle game. Uh, I want to say Tetrisy, but probably more in the vein of like a Poyo Poyo. Uh, where like these clusters of four are dropping down and you can rotate them and you want the colors touching, you know, four, four colors touching, whether it be diagonal, vertical, like across the paths. Um, but the hook of Luminous is it's set to music and the blocks only disappear when, uh, sort of a line showing the progression of the music flashes across the board, um, at a certain rhythm. So if you follow in line with the music and, uh, basically let things stack up in the right way, you can score, like, insane combos because it's only clearing the board with each pass of this line, not, like, a Tetris or a Poyo Poyo where it's just as the combo hits, it removes it. Right. I like, um... The guy... Who made it? I'm sorry? Um... Who made it? Why can I never remember his name? It that's bothers me. Okay. Um... Old Captain Haptic Feedback. Okay. Uh... Well, creator of Res. The point is, I like... The way, when they make those games, I like it because they try making an interactive experience. Or at least with Luminous, I feel like it's a... With, with other iterations of his games, too, I feel like they're... They try to make you a part of... Mizuguchi, that's it, yeah. There you go. They try to make Tetsuo you a part Mizuguchi. of the rhythm, they try to make you get involved, and that's what's cool about the whole thing, so... Exactly. Like, you know, you go with the vibrations, you just try to and hang out. much like Rez, Mitsuguchi always said that this was, like, an experience that he wanted to have in, like, a haptic feedback suit, like, how Rez was meant for VR with a haptic feedback suit. Or maybe it will one day. Luminez was always meant to have haptic feedback, so actually on the Switch version of it, which is the one I'm playing... There's a mode where you can hook up multiple Joy-Cons, and it tells you to essentially put two under your feet, uh, be holding two as your controllers, and put two under your legs, and it does haptic feedback I'm scared. through the the uh, HD rumble. That's how you know when you got like a, a digital music kind of guy behind the wheel. Yeah, like, it's listen, nuts. You want the experience or not? I mean, for anyone who has not gotten the chance to play Res in VR, since it is now a home product... Goddamn, Res on PSVR is awesome. Yeah. Well, go go buy it. Uh, yeah, but really not much else to say about that. You like puzzle games, you know what Luminous is. Luminous is fucking amazing. Buy it. Yeah. Uh, I also played a little bit of Pocket Rumble on Switch. Pocket? Tell me about this game. Okay. I want to know more. a two-button fighting game in the style of, like, old Neo Geo fighters. Okay. Uh, it has a very distinct look in that it looks like a Game Boy Advance game. Oh, I love that. It's very simple. It's easy to dive into. Uh, it, it's just a fun little simple fighting game. It costs $10. It has a distinct look. I didn't actually pay anything for it because I realized when I was in the Switch store, um, in the modern era of Nintendo consoles, all your purchases, even physical, they're auto-putting those Nintendo coins into your account. Mm-hmm. And I had enough to just get Pocket Rumble, so I did. And I'm glad I did. Now, is Pocket... Tell me this, too, because I'm looking at it right now. It looks like Pocket Rumble, is this just classic art to make it look like old school? Or has it always been, has there been a previous iteration of it before? Uh, I don't know if there's been a previous iteration. Maybe uh, it's just, maybe it's I, just I'm thinking it's classic art now. to make it look the way it looks. I like that then. I keep saying iteration, it's iteration. I don't I don't know what's going on. We learn grammar here hey, too. you know. We have, we have a nice pronunciation. You can pronounce stuff too. if you want. Thank you. Um, I'm down with that, that's cool. I also played some Vampire, or is it Vampire? No, it's, I, I... Agree to disagree. I think it's vampire. I've been saying vampire. There's a difference between vampires and vampires. I okay. believe. Don't don't even uh, don't, I don't even quote me. Don't even question me. I just I think there's a difference. But yeah, this is a don't nod game. So obviously it takes place in the Life is Strange universe. Uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> now you ready? So a vamp- it's true that don't nod made it. A vamp. Here we go. 
from the librarything.com. A vampire or a vampire? You know what? It's vampire. Okay. You know what it's vampire. We'll go with vampire. Uh, uh, a vampire is somebody who roleplays as a vampire. You know what? That's accurate. I've seen gameplay of this. It's someone who LARPs as a vampire. So that's, that's basically what this game that's is. This game. That's, <laughs> except, that's this game. Except uh, the, the good doctor is actually a vampire. I watched this game because my older brother streamed it on Twitch, so I followed him for a while, and I watched him play the entire... Well, majority of the game kind of hopped in and out here and there. It looked fun. The story looked good. I should I shouldn't say it looked fun. The story looked. You you told me briefly last night uh, that the story is interesting, and I'm I'm into what I'm seeing so far, but that it kind of just stops. Yes, and that is a hundred percent true because when I was watching it, he was playing it. He was uh, he was just fighting an enemy. It was just it ended up being a big bad. And maybe that has it. to do with the. It's, it's a lot of like you're making these choices, so. Yeah. So maybe it was different. Maybe it could have ended differently. And I don't, I don't know. know what choices your brother is making because I am kind of being a dick. Mm. I'm having the good doctor lean into the fact that he's become a vampire. I think I think he was kind of half-half. I don't think he ever did anything really bad or dickish unless it demanded it, and we were like, oh, let's do it. What I sort of started with, because the, the main hook of how you can destroy uh, these chapels in London, the game's set post-World War One, or maybe during. Um, you are a newly born vampire. You're a, a renowned medical surgeon joining this hospital where the Spanish influenza is sweeping through London. Yeah. Um, but it's not just the Spanish influenza. There's vamps abound. Which is why I think it's really cool. Like, the, the setting itself, it's a very, very cool atmosphere. It's an as- it, it is more of an atmospheric type of game for me than it was anything else. Just from, exp- just from looking at it and kind of experiencing it. And I, I do it. like the way it's they kind cool. of, they set up all these, like, excuses for you. Like, the doctor who's harboring you, he's like, I'll bring you on as a yeah. surgeon here, and I'll have you on night rotation, so no one's suspicious of why you're asleep all day. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, y- this... I want to say this motherfucker looks like a vampire. All right, this oh, guy yeah. looks like a vampire. This was the the, uh, the other doctor, Doctor Swansea, gets you fresh clothes, and it's like he went into his vampire LARPing closet. He's like, got you his fresh trench coat. Because <laughs> because when this guy, when this doctor basically comes back, I look like David Boreanaz's exactly. angel. <laughs> he he comes back. This is for everybody else who has never even experienced this game. This guy's not supposed to be known that he's a vampire right away, right? Or a vampire. He's he, he's not... It's not supposed to be, like, public Only the, the doctor running this hospital who's protecting you knows you're a vampire. Yeah. And then everybody else... But you have ties to other people in the community. Like, you were their doctor before, before you went off to the war, and you came back, and they see you now, and you were a vamp. Your eyes are bloodshot. Yes. You have veins popping out of your head. This guy looks fucking scary. And the, the thing is, too, I don't understand the reasoning for that, because there's another character in this game... Who is a vampire, and she looks fine. That that's exactly my point. And you visit these NPCs though, and yeah, and she knows you're a vampire, which is fine. Like some people go, oh, you cl- you clearly don't look well, doctor. There's some other NPCs though who go, doctor, you're looking great, you're looking well. It's great <laughs> to see you. It's fantastic to see you. I'm like, are you seeing the same he shit? He looks that like I'm a goddamn right capillary burst in his eyeball. He does. I'm like, why are these people going, doctor? Have you looked in? the... You want to know what would have been realistic? I would you have should been like, see doctor, a doctor. You look in the mirror lately. Have you even looked at yourself post-war? They probably thought it was like some war stuff going on, but this guy was. Well, we nuts. all actually don't know. As in the end, this is actually just an ad for Clear Eyes. Like he invents Clear Eyes, and you just see the advertisement in the bottom right that says "Thank you for playing." It, it, that was the only mo- that and the ending were probably the most jarring. Where I'm like, okay, maybe this kind of took me out of it a little bit because this guy looks like a fucking monster, and people are like, "Oh, hey, Doc, like uh, thanks for taking care of me before the." War. I don't even know if they're being kind. I also like to. Uh, what are your main like attacking? 
uh, motivations is meant by stocking up blood. Like, you feed, and then you can use blood to do certain attacks. Yeah. And when you're, in, like, walking around the streets, like, a rat scurries by, you could pick it up and drink the blood out of it. In front of an NPC. And he will, like, grab it and just, like, feed it, and then throw it aside. He's like, I'm a monster. <laughs> but he clearly didn't mind. I wonder if the whole game is, like, a social commentary on how, like, people are just naturally courteous to others when they are uncomfortable. They're, like, drastically <laughs> uncomfortable. They're just like, wow, you know, the doctor looks really fucked, and he just drank rat's blood but over yeah, there, but I'm you, just going to treat him normally right now. As you hit Hit, like huge level milestones, your ability to mesmerize people goes up. Maybe that. Maybe that's it. Maybe uh, you're mesmerizing. Well, people. You, you have to use mes- like when you're in a conversation with somebody. Now the point is, and here's how you get your major XP: is you can mesmerize them, lower them away, and feed on them. Oh, and feeding on someone is how you get like huge swaths of XP. But some people are worth less than others. You actually have to pay attention um, to the quality of their blood and how well they are. For example, you're a doctor, so you can craft medicine. And offer it to people, like, you, because you can tell what they're ill with because you can sort of have this sense about you, I guess, because you're a vampire. Okay. And you, it's like, oh, uh, this person's suffering from exhaustion. Make them some medicine. And I give them the medicine, and one, either giving, like, sick doctors and nurses their medication boosts the morale of that district because now they're performing better. But it also improves the quality of their blood, so they're worth more XP if you feed on them. So you're basically just, like, fattening them up, so to speak? Kind of, yeah. Blood weight. All right, well... Maybe, but you know. So what? far, I've only done the actual feeding on people who were like shitty. Like I fed on this one Just do- shitty human. Well, babies. I fed on this one doctor who, um, essentially, like botched a surgery and knew very well he did it and tried to cover it up. Okay. And like I confronted him about it, and he's like, "It's in the past. What are you going to do about it?" And I'm what? like, "I'll tell you what I'm going to do about it, motherfucker. Come with me." And then I led him to an alleyway and I fed on him. Maybe, but maybe you just explained it for them too, for the devs too. They're going to be like, "Oh yeah, you know, he's uh, mesmerizing people. You just don't know it." That would explain everything. You know what? Thank you. You just you just cleared it up, and you've only played it for. Like, Glad I could help. Point, uh, yeah, so yeah. far the weirdest game in the Life is Strange universe, though. You know, don't not get at it. Shut up. That's not the, that's not true. You can't. Last time you got away with it because it was real, but not this time. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it's a cool game. I like it. It's a neat little. It's a neat little game. I wouldn't. Honestly, I want to see it through to the end. I, I yeah, like it. Yeah, no, see it through the end. For everybody else, I wouldn't pay full price. I think it's like thirty dollars. I wouldn't. I would pay. Like uh, I think it's forty. Really? I would pay. Like I'd wait for that. it to be on sale. I'd yeah. pay, I paid half that. I would, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's I, a good game. I having played. Quite a bit of it at this point, I would say wait for a sale. Yeah, that, that's fair. What else? What else you got in that list? You play more than me. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, some of this isn't even from this week. Uh, I want to touch on Mario Tennis because we lost the episode where I talked about it. And Spark. And uh, yeah, and Spark. Uh, Mario Tennis. I don't feel like much needs to be said. It, it's by a good now. Game. I think it's a good te- Mario Tennis you're, game. You're welcome. It's a good game. <laughs> Go get it, please. Uh, but Spark the Electric Jester. You liked it. I liked this game quite a bit. I, I pl- saw it and I liked it. I've played a little bit more since then. Um, it's a platformer, $15 on Steam. I think it's on PS4 as well. Um, How long have you been playing it for so far? Uh, I put maybe seven or eight hours in. That's a good, that's good for the price. Alright. Um, yeah. And I'm still not done. Ooh. Uh, it's like better Sonic. Like it's better 2D better Genesis Sonic. era Sonic. Uh, okay. You play a Spark. He's a little jester fella who invented this hat that lets him throw electricity. Uh, and he's fighting robots that took his job. This guy's ahead of his time, and I remember talking about this. This guy, he's an electrician by trade? Mm-hmm. Wait, so how does he a jester again? Um, after he, made he, gets a jester, he made a jester hat that lets him shoot electricity, and initially what happens is after he does this, robots had already stole his job as an electrician, so he takes a job in, like, his traveling circus. Yeah. As, um, 
a jester, like, who, you know, does tricks, throwing electricity, everybody's wowed. But then after his first day on the job, he learns that he was only there so this robot could watch him and learn how to do his job. That's incredible. And yeah, and I this is a commentary on the the middle class losing their jobs. Yeah, exactly. To, to the uh, robots. To jester robots. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really resonated with me. Touched, touched a chord. And yeah, struck the, a nerve. The uh, robot who took your job becomes one of your the main antagonists. Um, Spark refers to him as Fark. Okay. Because he's fake Spark. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually saw one of the... Well, I, I guess I wouldn't say it was funny, but... Funny enough. <laughs> I saw the uh, the dialogue was pretty funny. Um, and uh, I thought... I think it, it's a I, little I it was, stilted, cool. because I don't believe... Uh, the. I believe it was all translated from another language. I don't believe it's um, an American developer. And I think it's just kind of rough in the... In-translation sort of deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... In general, it just it, it just looks like a uh, it's just a fun game. It just looks like a fun time. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna play around more with it. I still am just doing Spark, and from the menu I showed you, Eric, it looks like there are more playable characters. Yeah, right. You have Spark story, and then they have everybody else. And the levels seem great. It actually all just seemed really cool. The music's really good. Level design's great. Um, like I said, it feels like a 2D Sonic game, although there are differences. Like Spark is fast, and he has a dash move and stuff, but. A lot of the time, you just stop and engage with enemies in a way you wouldn't in Sonic. Right, and in general, I don't know, like, even the levels, they all just seem really cool. Like, it, it all just seemed like a pretty well-put-together game. And Spark can pick up items that change his... His uh, hats, yeah. Yeah, he picks up a new hat, and it changes, like, what he's equipped with. Like, I picked up one where he gets a big hammer. I uh, was trying to think of a game that did something similar for this. It's on the tip of my tongue, too, and I don't know. It was the platformer just like this. Ah, it was, uh... I get ready for this one. It was Wario World. It was Wario. The, the, oh, God, the masks. I yes, the one where he becomes the superhero. Yeah, there you go. It, I forget which one that is. It was. Hold on, I have it because I own the game, and it was it was a decent game. Wario, whatever. Let's just keep talking about Wario this. I'll come back Woods. with it. I'll come back with it. No, it's not Wario. Uh, Woods. yeah. But that's worth checking out. I like to kind of talk about smaller games like that. Cause, Master of Disguise. Yes, Wario Master of Disguise. There you go. Uh, I, I started it when I stumbled across uh, Ben Pack and Giant Bomb was playing a little bit of it on stream, and it looks super cool, so I checked it out. Well, hey, I'm glad it's good. And uh, last one, another Switch one I've been playing this week, Bomb Chicken. Bomb Chicken. Tell me about Bomb Chicken. Bomb Chicken is a 2D puzzle platformer uh, in which you are a chicken who lays bombs. Well, that's it. That's kind of real, yeah, all there is to that's it. That's the show. It's that's the show. No, uh, yeah, you use the bombs to solve puzzles, to like get to new heights, blow up walls. It's neat. I'm a, I'm a fan. Fifteen um, bucks. Fifty. Fifteen. Oh, it's like wow. I said bomb chicken's not worth that much. I don't know about that. I, out of all those, what I'm really, what I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna check out. I don't own a switch. I'm gonna check out Octopath somehow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this. Out. Find find some means. I want. I want to find some means. I'm in. A, I'm in a. I'm in a family with multiple switch. I think my well, multiple just being two. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna play this thing. Two switch. So. Switch eye, as they two, call them. Two switch eye. But I'm also gonna check out Spark if it ever goes on sale, just to play it. Cool, man. All right, with that, let's feed into the news. I love news. Uh, so yeah, first story. I've kept it light this week, uh, but I thought that these were some interesting stories. Um. A modder found and fixed a typo in Aliens Colonial Marines that caused bad Xenomorph AI. 
that's so funny to me because there was such there was such crap about this. I remember the, the classic meme. If you haven't seen this before, too, for our for our listeners as well, look up a. Uh, Look up the Xenomorph AI of this game, Alien Colonial, uh, Colonial it, Marines. Colonial it's Marines. an infamously bad game, but the funnier part being, um, it was spotted in a Resetera uh, modder. They overhauled the Aliens Colonial Marines. Uh, they found an issue in the game's files that caused the Xenomorphs to act the way they act, which is bad. Uh, yeah, look up the memes. They literally tiptoe like around. Actually, it's not even a meme. It's real. They there's like an infamous you. gif of uh, yeah, that alien, that Xenomorph the, walking by. Xenomorph, yeah. It's so funny. And like, it was Gearbox, right? Who made that? Uh, I believe it was a Gearbox game. Yeah, yeah, that was the beginning of the uh, the Gearbox decline. Yeah, and essentially, as it turns out, um, the AI was actually not supposed to be that fucking stupid. There was a typo in the code. That's so funny. That's uh, that's a classic. <laughs> you know what? I believe it immediately, because that just sounds like something a programmer would do. Like, how amazing does it have to be to be the programmer after the fact to go, y- like, you... T- like you, you made a you, goddamn you, typo, and it ruined the game. And it's so funny, too, because you know what? In those thousands of lines of code, they probably would have never caught that. So basically, it was probably... Co- but you know what? You know what, though? They probably could have found it if they just gave a shit. Because you, yeah, I imagine they did they saw that, that the uh, AI was absolute crap... They would have looked into it. They probably would have went back into the source code to find it. Yeah. But maybe they was just that hidden. Two characters swapped. just amazing that all these years later, there was this... Uh, Basically, these guys working to overhaul the game and make it look better and fix it, and they found that the AI had an error. That's so funny. To me. Something so tiny. It wasn't even like a. It wasn't even like an error. It was just a mistypo, misspelled typo. It's ridiculous. Um, and my other story coming from um, Eurogamer, who had a chat with uh, Visceral Studios former creative director. This one hurts me. This one hurts Wana, me so much. Uh, to t- he's at Crystal Dynamics now, in case anyone was wondering. Um, to talk about what Dead Space's fourth installment would have been. This one hurts. Um, yeah, and basically he said they would have dropped the linear gameplay for an open world and a female protagonist. That hurts me. I, we talked about this in the last episode. It's so funny. We, we actually touched upon all this crap, and I, I hate EA for what they did to Dead Space, because 1 and 2 were great, 3 shit the bed... But there was something there. They, ha- it's the same. I mean, it's the it's the curse of a lot of bad games, right? You have a good you have a good handful of ideas sprinkled in there, but the execution is just not that great. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Dead Space Three. I found that it's just a lot of good ideas. It just didn't it didn't bode well. It didn't mesh together well. And honestly, with the publisher meddlings of how to make it more, they tried to make it more action packed, and that's really not what the game. Or, you know what? I shouldn't say that. It is action-packed, but it really wasn't, like, Gears of War-level action-packed, if that makes sense. And they tried making three that, and it just... It, it fell apart. And the story itself, it really... It became a story about existential horror and the unknown, and it turned it into... Yo, Isaac is fucking Over pissed. the top action. Yeah, he's too. pissed, and he's ready to take him down. And I'm like, ah, oh, jeez. I'm like, that's not that's not the story. But yeah, there's some interesting stuff in this interview, if you want to check out the full thing. Um, he doesn't just talk about that. He talks about, like, solutions they were coming up with for enemies. Um, like, introducing more enemies that worked in zero gravity as necromorphs weren't much of a threat in those zero-G environments right. in past games. Yeah. He talked about introducing an enemy that would be able to move through zero-G corridors, propelling itself... Uh, which is scary. And attack you, like, when you're at your most vulnerable, which is 
like an interesting idea. Yeah, and the zero G stuff that was actually one of the cooler elements of the game that they threw in when you're kind of hopping from place to place and you have your uh, your suit kind of latching onto whatever surface you can go to. You just see the Necromorphs kind of floating in there. I always remember when the first Dead Space was coming out, and that was a game I played the shit out of. Uh, they had, like, this whole ad campaign that was centered around, uh, in space, no one can hear you scream. Yeah, Showing, yeah. like, the outdoor areas of the station and stuff. It was, it was cool. It was a very Aliens-esque game that, the reason why, the reason why I kind of hurt to read this is because, you know what, one of the biggest elements of Dead Space that I was a fan of, that many are still a fan of, is, are the, it, it's basically the story. It's the story, and it's, like I said, it's like this existential horror thing where you have these markers, these stone Basically, the whole game centers around these stone pillars that nobody knows, or these obelisks. I don't even know what the material is, um, but nobody knows where they came from. They're causing people to literally morph into these necromorphs, these undead, evolved beings. And the whole story is like, well, where the hell did these things come from? And you never know. That's yeah, the whole thing. Got- like, it predates human civilization. It predates everything, and you just don't know where the hell these things came from. Almost like, um, they took elements from aliens... 2001 A Space Odyssey, because they exactly copied the exact kind of obelisk that just shows up somewhere, but they put a spin on it where it literally affects the human mind and, like, warps you into something else. Yeah, being that, like, you know, the necromorphs uh, were, like, a bigger threat because there's no bodily, like, this is what a necromorph is. It takes control of whatever the host planets... Right, it's a parasite. Yeah. And it's interesting because the reason why the story is interesting... And I hate to, add, you know, derail this, but uh, well, it's not really derailing. But the point is, the reason why it's so interesting is because it, the whole question is: is that really human evolution to turn into these things, these undead beings, when they're so hideous and disgusting? And from the article, it sounds like from the team, they were going to dabble into a bit. Fr- they were going to dabble a bit further into the story and make some. They're making some illusions that you're gonna, you would find out what's really going on, like, what's humanity's whole role to play in all of this, and you'd probably be better off not discovering that. Like, you're probably better off in this nightmarish world than discovering what the truth actually is. Which yeah. is interesting. It's interesting as hell. And I love those kinds of stories, so I was a little bummed to read that that would have been. It was really been. good sci-fi that kind of just got squandered. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like that's the story of Aliens too, right? I mean, like, look at, a. But that's the thing, too. They they kind of copy-paste <laughs> some alien... You, you start to notice all the similarities. Like, with Alien, they have, like, all that Prometheus crap now, where they're like, oh, people oh, made yeah. humans on all this shit, and you're better off not knowing it. It's just like that. It's like, I, I just wish we had another game to change it up. And I think he said something about making an open world, right? Making yeah. more of an open world. It would have been a pseudo-open world, he said, taking place on some sort of planet. That would have like been cool. Like, Dawn or the chapter-based, like, lining corridors, whether... And I believe he did say he wanted to take place on a space station again. Yeah, the, the uh, not the Ishimura, but something else. You know what? This maybe it's US better. Ishimura. <laughs> maybe it's better that they just didn't make it because I felt like maybe after Prometheus came out, it would have been too similar. Like to me, I feel like whatever planet he would have went on would have been like the Maker planet, quote unquote. Yeah, and it just would have been the same shit. So I don't know. What could have been, as I always say. But Visceral, if you haven't played Dead Space before, it came out in like two thousand eight. Dead Space 1 and 2 still hold up that great. Game, those games will hold up for at least another decade or two. Uh, They're the great. Dead They're Space fantastic. 1's big secret reveal at the end is I still think one of the most clever things is. in yeah. games. The chapter naming. Yeah, it's it's absolutely... on. The game's incredible. The mechanics are so solid. 
Everything is so. I remember when I played the demo and back when they big, had Xbox Magazine. It was like throwing so that zombie thing on his head because like, oh, space zombies, but you don't go for the head. You want to cut the yeah, limbs cut off. the limbs. Even with your plasma cuttering, it's a mining tool. The whole damn thing was. I read some of like the side. But this is the only video game where I actually read some of the side lore. Besides Mortal Kombat, the book, which is ridiculous, <laughs> but it it's a great game. Like I'm very, I talk about it so much because it's so that good. That segues and it's stuck into with another me. news story. I forgot to pull. Do it. Pull over this here. Segway the shit. Um, yeah, Mortal Kombat. Uh, there might be a new Mortal Kombat movie on the way. Um, and we hear about video game movies all the time, but the reason I think this one is worth mentioning is because there's already been multiple Mortal Kombat movies. So like, I think there's been like four. Yeah. So. Uh, and one good one. Uh, There's the Chung Lee saga, wasn't Chung Lee Chronicles? Whatever the hell it's uh, called. I don't remember. I, I, I gotta look Mortal Kombat up. and Mortal Kombat Armageddon, the actual live action ones. I'm talking about Chung Lee, and that's literally Street Fighter. I am yeah, so sorry. You said Chung Lee. Good God. Why didn't you correct me? I, I didn't even piece that together, to be honest I with you. Just, I, it was a Street yeah, Fighter. Movie. Mortal Kombat I'm and Mortal Kombat Armageddon. Um, it was the legend at Chung Lee. Oh my God. I'm sorry. They were just equally bad. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Uh, there's talks of doing another movie, uh, a reboot of the franchise, if you will. And this is the weirdest thing I heard about this, and maybe this is them wanting to take liberties in some way. Okay. It involved a 14-year-old Raiden. But that doesn't make sense. There's a little 14-year-old boy with glowing eyes. That doesn't make sense. Raiden's a god. He can be whatever he wants. Raiden, that's my, yeah, Raiden is a god. He's not, okay, you know what, fine, whatever. Yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna watch it. (laughs) You know what, whatever. Yeah, I don't know what that movie would be. It sounds weird. Let's watch it. Yeah, I I think that's going to conflict with the lore of how Raiden literally is, is a it, god. Maybe he's just, like, this is like, it's the early 80s and he's choosing to be a 14-year-old. <laughs> he's, it's 2018, he's like, I can be whatever I want. Oh boy, that's too funny. Um, that's cool, though. I, I, You know what, for all of its misgivings, I'll still watch it. Yeah, it, and it, like, I fun. still think the first Mortal Kombat movie is pretty good for what it is. I, I really do. Armageddon's a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just looking it up. They have about four movies total. Um, so, go 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 see them. Uh, last story. Uh, this is something I wanted to touch on just because I think it's important to talk about. Yeah. I uh, the ArenaNet firings. Yeah. Uh, looking a little bit over a week ago at this point, probably closer to two, uh, two of Guild Wars narrative... Guild Wars 2, sorry, narrative designers, Jessica Price and Peter Fries were fired after uh, Price essentially kind of snapped off on someone on Twitter, uh, and mobs of people kind of came flashing out. And, I mean, the important thing here is that uh, essentially what she said in the tweet was that she would insta-block the next rando asshat uh, who tried to tell her how to do her job. Um, Basically, the guy wasn't exactly... He was being condescending in a way, I, I would say. But, I mean... Granted, she should have did that. She yeah, she should not have done that, but I don't think it required more than, like, a reprimand. Like, she was put in a shitty situation. And also, as far as I can tell, I, I don't, I've never worked for ArenaNet. I don't know anyone who does, so I can't really speak to that. But I don't know what their policies on that kind of stuff are. But it didn't really look like there was a whole lot of investigation put in. And, like, she was just fired. And uh, Fry's was fired for sticking up for her. I... I'm torn on this because I think having no internal investigation done on it, okay, fine. But I I feel worse, if anything, I feel worse for her co-worker than I do for her. 
because it's not like he called anybody an asshat or lashed out on anybody either. And he was just trying to mitigate because he probably saw the potential of how dangerous a situation like that could be to her professional career. And mm. he just tried to save. Yeah. And then he got fired too. So I don't, I don't think it was right. If anything, I know they probably won't because to double back on this, it's not going to happen personally. But I think, if anything, he should get his job back. Not her. Like, just give him his, he didn't do anything, you know? Yeah. He was just trying to be a peacemaker. I mean, the here. worst part I'm, to I'm me mediator. is though, like, you know, she, she felt she was being lashed out at. I can't speak to the situation. We all, we've all been there. That's fine. And the fact of the matter is, it kind of has to feel shitty to a point to feel like your employer doesn't have your back. It it does, and I and I I'm not saying I know I definitely know your stance on this too because I know it, it makes sense. I agree, it does make sense. Where, yeah, you want to make sure that your employer has your back for these kinds of things, especially if they see if they investigated to your point that they were basically set up. You know, they were set up to react in such a way. And also, I think it paints this unhealthy narrative that uh, we have in this industry to a point, which I get to a point, which is, we did it for you, we did it for the players, but this just feels like throwing the fucking bodies to the fans. Like, this is what you want, right? Like, if anyone speaks out against you, we're going to fucking serve them on a platter. Yeah, it wasn't a good... It's just not a good image. It's not a good PR look. No. And internally for the industry, I don't know how... This is difficult. Fans of Guild Wars 2 look at it. I think it's difficult because you know what? This isn't only just the games industry kind of deal where this happens, right? I mean, in, in any job that you're going to have, in a public setting, you do have to be very careful with the way that you're perceived because, or how you communicate because, yeah, it all ties back to the main company. So the, I guess game industry-wise, the best example I can think of right now was that developer. I don't know who he worked for. I forgot, but it was after Total Biscuit died. Uh, or at least that the news. was uh, Bioware. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. It was after the news of Total Biscuit passing. Um, I didn't mean to be so blunt about it, but it was about past his passing, and he was just completely shit posting about how much of an asshole he was. And that's, and that's why that's, I think you rude. need to have a different take on it. Because yes, that absolutely. guy, I read that guy's tweets. Yeah. Like that. I don't that know was how heavy. anyone could think saying that's okay, no matter what you think about professional or not. Exactly. No, and that's definitely an extreme example of what I'm saying, just because, again, it's kind to of related to the industry. go on and post on a public forum about a man who just died yeah, and that's, say, like, that's good riddance, look. fuck that guy. That's intense. But on the other side of the coin, when you're getting trolled, like, not trolled, if anything, when you're just getting, I guess I wouldn't even call it harassment, but when you're just getting pissed off by somebody else because they're being a dick, I I think that... You do have to just stop yourself for a moment before you respond and think about how you're going to be perceived in the public setting. Totally. And just say, okay, how will this look? Especially and we were involved games. under like that degree of pressure. Like Clearly, she was working on fixing something for yeah. the game and posted about being stressed about it or whatever. And some guy comes back with a, well, why don't you just do this response? And it's like, oh, thank you. I never would have thought to try this very obvious solution. Yeah, exactly. Like, something like that, it's just... I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I think that it should have been... It obviously should have been internally investigated because it's my point is even why I was relating it back to a previous example is because it wasn't that extreme. It wasn't that extreme where you're taking something, you're literally pissing all over a community and saying, you know, fuck you. You're just saying, yeah, you're a dick. It was pretty. I tame. get it. That's yeah, the main like thing. I get it, and that's why I'm saying I feel worse for her coworker because not only did he not do anything like that, he literally just said, you know, definitely frustrations. He was just really trying to be a mediator and yeah. peacemaker about it. It's not like he also said, hey, fuck you. He wasn't excusing her behavior, but he was saying, like, hey, she's under a lot of stress right now. Like, she's frustrated. 
Just yeah. let it go. Because he saw. He probably yeah. knew. He was like, ah, shit. Like, this is bad. But, so, you know what? Unco- unpopular opinion. Fire her, fine. If you gotta fire somebody, don't fire the other guy. For God's sakes. The other guy didn't do anything. Yeah, fair he saw, he saw where the fire was. He just wanted mm-hmm. to put it out. Yeah, exactly. It, it does he suck, He was doing though. his best to help a friend and a coworker. It does suck, though, for other developers, too, because you you do... I think it sucks in any corporate setting when you're working for just a business because then you see the true color as to what you're what you're confined to be doing especially in public forums like that yeah and it causes you to think as you were saying like does our does our boss do our bosses have our backs does our company have our backs if somebody starts saying let's just say she was getting outright harassed and she started saying stuff if she got fired then okay like you know i definitely would be called to arms that's kind yeah. of bullshit but I guess it just really depends on the situation, but it still puts that scene. And we'll never know the whole situation. Exactly, we can only have this outsider looking in perspective. Maybe it was more, but it does plant. I agree with you that it does plant the seeds in people's heads. And and also, even from the opposite end, like when somebody gets fired so quickly for something that seems so mundane, it forces you to think: Was there more going on here? Like, was this the first problem they had had with her? Uh, and even more so, what about Fry's? Like, he was fired immediately too. What's going on there? Because I recall multiple scenarios. I, re- I say I recall, but I'm not going to give you specific examples because I can't think of any. But I know that there have been c- scenarios in the past where people from the games community, game developer communities, have not lashed out, but have been snarky to their communities or people who have reached out to them or harassed them, and nothing has happened, as yeah. far as I can tell. Even if it was internal, which is, to your point, I agree. Maybe it was internally dealt with, maybe there's a history, but, you know, I you don't see any prior information. It kind of just looks bad on... Arena game, arena net, or whatever yeah. the hell. What are they? Arena, arena net. net yeah, yeah. It looks bad on them. So, who knows? But I agree. I think it was a little aggressive. But again, who knows? Maybe they called her immediately after and was like, "The fuck was that?" You know, you never know. Yeah. But, and they even I think they came out and said they act as quickly as possible because it happened like over Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> but then I kind of perceived that as like, okay, so then you took no time to talk to anyone. Yeah, like, I feel like they. That's that's the it's it's weird. Maybe like, saying you reacted as quickly as possible is not sort of what I want to hear. I don't want an immediate reaction. I want you to figure swift, out what the problem swift is. Swift justice. No, yeah, I... You need internal immediate remediation about that because you gotta... You just gotta talk about it. I feel like, with social media especially, it's a very delicate and dangerous platform because not only can you screw yourself so easily as she did... But corporations don't get that sometimes. Your higher-ups, they don't care. They'll yeah, be no. like, listen, you're a dime a dozen anyways. You're exactly. a PR, You're literally a working PR nightmare. Like, forget it. We're done. And yeah. that's it. Because they knew, probably, they saw the news, probably. So, get rid of it as fast as they can. Which sucks, but... Absolutely. That's business. It does suck, though. That's the way the news goes. Yeah. But, I don't know. Do you think she... Do you think it just should have been internally investigated? I've been talking for most of it, but do you think it just should have been internally investigated? Yeah, I, I believe there should have been more to it than that, because, um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem that black and white of an issue to me. It doesn't seem like something, again, if that were the only instance, I don't think it warrants a firing. It's it's interesting, because you know what? It, at my place of employment, our higher-ups are always like, if you ever have a problem, even with the establishment, and you, you, you know, you're pissed off about it, talk to them. Yeah, totally. they want to listen. And I think that's important, too, because I feel like, obviously, it's apples and oranges, but I feel like, you know what, if you had a problem still internally, or even if you lashed out at somebody or a problem erupted where you're the face of this, yeah, you can go the one route, avoid the PR nightmare, fire, be done with that shit, or you could just work with them to understand and just basically reprimand, maybe even just reprimand them. And set that policy in place to go, 
listen, this is how we need to conduct ourselves when it comes right. to situations like this. And maybe even use that to springboard an internal meeting with everybody else and just say, listen, we know that these things can be grating. We understand that this is life and, you know, you sometimes you get trolled, but you got to resist. Like, it, you could have done that instead of strike the fear of God into people's yeah. hearts and say, listen, if you fuck this, we don't care if you have a family, we don't care if you have an income, do that. So I understand the other yeah, side of the coin, like, too. If you arbitrarily step a toe out of line in a way that we had never defined before, then you're fucking gone. It's yeah, a, like, get a out. bad look. Because it, it does look like they are like, a dime a dozen, then. If I were any developer now, I would not want to work in ArenaNet. No, not at all. Because there's no... I even... There's already a stigma around the games... Devel- the gaming developer career workspace where it's not that secure. It's very contractual, game by game, and it's not secure. Yeah. Even um, our friend Mike, who's working in movie animation... It's you know it's job You're by bouncing job. Around all the yeah, time, it's job yeah. by job. That's the business. So to to even it's further that a little bit, work. as yeah. long as there's a game or a movie to make, there is a job until there isn't. Yeah, exactly. And to even put another layer on it and says, by the way, strict guidelines to this. We will just swiftly take your ass out because we'll put somebody right back in like a machine. It's a little scary. So yeah, I agree. Do agree? 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 Damn it, Arena Net. Damn it, Arena. Why couldn't you just make Guild Wars 3? Because they want you to wait online to play that Guild Wars 2 expansion. Guild Wars is such a weird game to me. It's, it's very It's strange. an MMO, but it's not. Yeah, I... It's like, you could... I'm sorry. It's an MMO... <laughs> that's that's completely false. It is an MMO. It's an MMO, but it's not the, the traditional thing that you would think of leveling up. It's PvP-ish, but it's also PvE-ish, but now it's not. I don't know. I don't... I don't know. Guild Wars is pretty weird. I don't like your practices. I'm not a fan of your game. Moving on. Rest in peace. Uh, so let's hit it into our final act, the topic of the show. Um, I want to talk about feel-good games. Uh, Tell get, me about feel-good. Get a lighter topic are in this. Even by name. Yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, could be something old, could be something newer, but w- games that you feel like you could always go back to. Gaming comfort food, if you will. Dead Space makes me feel good. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Is it? It's, it's it a is. Very, it's a very brutal game. Well, it's, it funny, it's funny you say that because the first one on my list was Resident Evil Four. Mm, also, good. it's funny. I like that game. Actually, I, that's not funny. I think a lot of people that's do. Just a fact. There you go. Because you can play Resident Evil Four on fucking anything. You can play it on the LCD monitor of your dishwasher. Isn't that crazy? The now? original Skyrim. It's that was the original Skyrim. Came out. Did it come out on the PS2 first, or was it double Game, platform GameCube. for GameCube? GameCube, GameCube and PS2. first, then PS2. That was interesting. And uh, I remember when it came to PS2, the uh, assignment ADA stuff came along with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I know what you're. Yeah. They had the. Uh, were they the ones with the weird collector's edition controller? That awkward as hell thing. Let me look this up really quick. Might have been. Give me, give me another feel good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this crap. Yeah, no, Resident Evil Four is a good one for that though. Um, for me, weirdly enough, it's a lot of like old JRPGs, which is insane. Like going that I can always go back to these hundred hour RPGs. Like I'm replaying uh, Sukoden right now. Classic. Um, it was it was the weird. It was a place. That, look at this. That's the chainsaw controller. Remember yes. that? That yeah, was the that awkward was as hell controller. Nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Continue with the game. Yeah, no, conti- uh, yeah absolutely. Um, I mean, weirdly enough, there's not an insane amount of uh, multiplayer stuff I slip back into like crazy, except for like old Mario Karts and stuff. Um, a link to the past is a big one for me. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh. 
just got Super Mario World, just kind of stuff I'll pick up every once in a while and just play over a weekend when I kind of just need to turn myself off. Yeah, I like, um, what am I, what am I trying to say? I always play, if I want something classic, I will always, any day of the week, play Donkey Kong Country 2. Like, I will That's always, a good one. I will, from beginning to end, I will play that. I will, I will tell you my backlog is as long as time, the universe itself, but I still make time to always finish, start to finish, Donkey Kong Country 2. That's my feel good. That's a good ass game. The second I get to Kremlin or, or Kremlin or whatever the hell it's called, it's yeah. crazy Kremlin. Ugh. The, game, the whole game is a fucking masterpiece. So that's one of my favorites. That's that's number I, one. I feel like the one on par for me there is probably Super Mario World. Yeah. Um, yeah. And A Link to the Past, which uh, has actually led me to a, a new hobby I'm getting a little bit more involved with, which is um, I know A Link to the Past like the back of my hand. Uh, so I have been looking into some of those Link to the Past randomizers. Yeah. If you're familiar with this new trend um basically it makes sure they're always finishable yeah. but it juggles all the items in every chest in a link to the past so you might open that first chest where you're supposed to get the lantern and you might get the master sword um i remember i think i saw this was it a speed running event on the speed running people speed run it yeah yeah i think that was at the the summer games done quick one time yeah they did one where two people were starting it was and just racing each other yeah, yeah that's cool um, I'm trying to think of another one. What's another one that just makes me feel good? Um, he's the one they call Doctor Feel Good. This is a, this is a loaded topic, isn't it? To think of all the games that you play, but at the same time you really don't play. I mean, give me another one. I'm trying to think. This is a hard one. This is hard as hell. Okay, yeah, no, think on. Um, this is a, one for me that I really wish they would do a collection on Switch because I want a convenient way to be able to pick up fucking WarioWare. Like, that's a good feel good one. You're right. That's a great one. All of them. All yeah. of them are good. Did you see the new one they're coming out with? Yeah, that collection. That's that's kind of upsetting. I want a new one. Yeah, I mean, it's something. But I'll I, still I do. buy it. I don't oh, care. I'm going to buy it in a heartbeat. I don't care. I'm going to buy it. But I do want... I want WarioWare Switched. I made your title for you, Nintendo. I want a new Wario World. Those games are great. But that's not the point of this topic. But I, I No, but those are good Wario games. World. Yeah, Wario's, those are great games. Wario's pretty good. Those make me feel good. That's a great game. He always gets the dame in the end, but he rejects her for money. It, it's such a great game. Classic war. Um, shit. Oh man, I'm hitting Roblox here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like playing. What online games do I like playing? You know what? Feel good game that I like playing every now and again. Recently, it's Fortnite. It makes me okay, feel yeah, good. that's a good current? one to turn off. I know off it's not retro, or any, it, it's, it's it doesn't have one. to be. Yeah, I just if you're talking about a game, I'm gonna sit down and play for ten minutes. I play Fortnite. Just that's a, to play. That's, yeah, totally a good one that's to a just feel pick good. up. I like having stuff like that that I feel like I can just dive into for a few minutes. It's rage-inducing as hell, but it's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think, you I know... I might have to start Season 5 after this. What? I might have to start Season it, 5 It's a lot this. of fun. I'd recommend it, honestly. You know, there's gyro aiming on the Switch version now. Gyro controls? They, they, they patched it in. Motherfucker. No, I, I ain't gonna play that. But I, Season 5, though, it's I, I'd recommend it. If you want to go retro, games that have actually felt good playing, Goof Troop for the Super Nintendo. That makes me feel really DuckTales. good every time I play it. Yeah, DuckTales. It makes me feel really good when I play that. Toy Story, the game. I, that makes me feel good. You want to talk retro? This is just a retro hour. Retro cast. I'd rather talk about retro hours, but new games or even game. Metal Gear Solid. You know what? Metal That's Gear Solid. One. That's a feel good game. For sure. The list is going to be twenty. This is a this is a weird topic. Yeah, no, this is going to be twenty. It's a weird long. topic, but it's something I thought was fun to talk about. Something that I have good. I guess it's a game that you just have good memories about. I. 
I'm trying to think of a game that made me just... You know what? Here's a good one. What's a game that made you just sit there and go, wow, that was cool? Mine was God of War. God of War 3 specifically. I haven't played 4 yet. I know it's probably going to make four, me lose my mind. 4 very much is a game that made me go, wow. That's probably my game of the year so far. I I, I played it in the, when God of War 3 was coming out. I saw it in the demos. I saw it in the trailer videos. When I first ripped off Helios' head, and that was an item we that gotta I could have a do shine... I literally stopped for a second and I went, wow. I said, that's cool. Like, it, it was so fucked up. It's, it was so yeah. cool. I was like, Kratos, you gotta chill. I was like, this is too Kratos much doesn't, now. he does chill, man. He goes and lives in the woods. I, I, there you go. There's the, 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 the next time. The he next took your advice. <laughs> yeah, he just chilled out because when you rip off a head, that you gotta stop and self Grew himself a nice beard. Another game that made me... You know what? Here's a good one. Here's a good one that I actually want to talk about for two minutes. Castlevania Lords of Shadow. And this gets me into it because you know what? I loved the, that game. I thought it was fantastic. And the second one sucked. <laughs> and it made me mad. I loved Lords of Shadow because at the end of that fucking game, it was a twist. Didn't see it coming. I sat there afterwards for 20 minutes. And I went, wow. And I even looked up forum or message boards to see people discussing it. Because it was just that good. I had to talk to somebody I had about to this. look at what people's responses were to it. Because I thought it was incredible. Because I... Love Castlevania. It took a little spin you on it. In and immediately go, this game's dog shit. It's complete horse hockey. Anyone who likes it is a fucking idiot. Well, I gotta be honest with you. That was the initial, some of the initial reactions I read for those. And I was like, ah, shit. But I, I thought about it and I just went, wow. Because you know what? Spoiler alerts anyways. You beat, you beat the game? Uh, Lords of Shadow? I did not. Okay, so I think it's Gabriel Belmont or Gabriel whatever. I, I probably got the entire name butchered. Spoiler alert. It's spoiler. You never played Lords of Shadow, play it. Leave now. Yeah, you don't want to listen to this? Skip ahead a minute. Point is, Gabriel Belmont turns out to be Dracula. The whole thing ends up that he becomes the initial Dracula. He's the previous iteration, the start of Dracula. He is him. It blew my freaking mind. Because the guy starts off as a crusader, he has his whip, it's passed down from generations, you think this guy's great, he ends up being the monster that you have to fight, and that's the whip that he originates and is passed down. It's explained in DLC. There you go, one minute explanation. Blew my freaking mind. Great game. It, it was fantastic. I loved it. There you go. Take that. Lords of Shadow. It even explained where death came in. To put that in your pipe and smoke it. The whole fucking thing was great. Masterpiece. I have come to end this. Yes. And now what do you get? You got Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2. I was really hyped. It said, continue the story. Let's do this. Game sucked. Really long. So is Alucard a Belmont then? Yeah, that's the thing. Yes. Yes, he is technically. Yes, he is. And that's the whole... It was cool because it made sense. And I was like, damn, the whole thing is all a familial bloodline fight. Castlevania spoiler alert, Alucard is Dracula spelled backwards. Well, that ruins everything. The whole game is ruined. <laughs> it's collapsed. But that's a game that made me feel good, and that's a game that was actually, it is unforgettable for me, because everybody has that game where you just sat back and was like, wow. Like, even Metal Gear Solid, the first time I played it and beat it, I just sat back when the credits were rolling because they had this unique style. That yeah. was a stylish as hell game. And Still, it was different. And gotta have some cigarettes. It's a good game. Yeah, like that was a different game. That's all I gotta say about that, though. There you go. I'm such a one note. It's either hey, Donkey Kong or Castlevania. It was a good note. I mean, well, I mean, I think I'm all I'm one note on those responses too. Um, more JRPG goodness I could sink into. I'll play fucking Persona Four a million times over and never get bored with it. It's a good. I've never played it. I've played it many times. There you go. I've never played it. <laughs> It's so good. What do you think of five compared to four? I love five. Compared um, to four though, four better. I think still? four has a stronger character cast. Yeah. Not that five's characters are weak. I think like four's kind of are a little bit better. Um, I think five tends to drag in some spots, though it is very good. 
Um, and I think the big twist of Persona 5 is completely lost on anyone who has not played a previous Persona title, which is kind of a damn shame. Mm. Um, our friend Nick, for example, is playing Persona 5 for the first time right now, and I told him, when you get to the big twist, text me and I'll explain it to you, because it's... It won't make sense. It won't, like, it won't mean shit to you, but, like, it's such a cool reveal if you're used to what Persona games are supposed to be. Damn, maybe I should play 4 first time. Um... Oh, before before anything else happens, I forgot. A bridge version from the Lost episode you want to talk about. I remember the cross-platform debate as oh, to yeah, whether games can, should be cross-platform. We can bridge that in because we lost that whole topic. We yeah, can, I was I was literally going to give you the 20-second abridged version saying it's just business. People, Not everyone's going to fucking do it. The end. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been some backpedaling to a degree. I believe in the newest Switch update on Fortnite, you can now use it if you're assigned it to PS4 as well. Oh, they fixed it now? Yeah. Wow. Well, the whole topic has shifted gears. With Fortnite, it makes sense. It's a free game. Paid games, you're not going to see that shit. I guarantee yes, it. You will I, not see I the same thing. It's, I don't think we should expect it either. No. I, I do not. The For those listening, initial arguments that Todd Howard said that, you know what, for Fallout 76, got to keep it with Sony because, you know what, no cross-platforms for the other systems. My argument is, it's just business. The reason why they did it with Fortnite, with the whole Switch and Microsoft thing, is because it's a free game. It's free to play. What are you going to expect? Yeah. You shouldn't expect progression or anything DLC to come over from a paid game. It's yeah. sixty dollar. If you tell me, title. if you tell me, like say Overwatch isn't cross platform, right? Uh, no, not yeah. progression wise. No. You show me a game in the future right now that's going to come out in the next few months that costs sixty dollars and that's cross platform. I'll eat my fucking hat. I'm going to eat my hat because uh, you know live what? on air. Yeah, I'll, I'll eat, eat my, my goddamn coffee because mug. I don't think it's going to happen because you know what. They're there to make a business. Exclusivity makes money, and they make you buy the consoles. Competition's healthy. There you go. Well, there you have it, folks. Put that in a book and publish it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. There you go. But that's all I got to say about that. I saw a man smoking a pipe the other day. Really? Thought that was unusual, but I was like, good for you, man. I'm looking under your table here, and I see a champagne bong. Yeah. Want to talk about this for a second? Oh, uh, we can talk about it. Sometimes you got to <laughs> chug champagne, and you want to be classy about it, so you get some custom glassware. I literally thought that was a pipe, and I almost wish it was a pipe. I almost <laughs> wish I didn't see this. What is going on here? Uh, you know, like I said, sometimes you uh, you need to drink champagne as quickly as possible. Okay. You know what? I'm okay with that. Um, do you have any last notes, Lou? Uh, no, that's about going to do it for me. I think we had a pretty pretty solid show today. We talked about video games. That, that's promised. We didn't go back on our promise. Yeah, we we did the thing we said we would do. You know what? If you guys find this episode, that means it's not lost either. Who knows? Maybe we can have a whole treasure trope of lost episodes, and the first episode will come out two we'll years later. A secret season. Yeah, it'll be an entire season of this two years after. I've been that. watching the way the audio moves on the monitors the whole time, and I can tell you this episode's not lost. It's found. Oh, sweet. Thank you, everybody, for listening, though. Yeah. For listening to us uh, ramble. As always, this has been Copper Play. The second ever episode three. You have a tw- you have a Twitter, right? I have a Twitter. You can tweet at me at the Richmeister Zero. I have a Twitter too. You'll get that next time. You'll get. Oh, we're we're teasing a Twitter out. Uh, <laughs> the premiere. Tease that Twitter. You can also find me over at destructoid.com. I I promise if you tweet at me, I won't call you. What what'd she call him? Shit uh, an ass hat. A yeah. rando ass hat. <laughs> I promise I won't call you an asset. I bet that guy was an asset. I'll just call you worse behind closed uh, doors. I'm willing to believe that that guy was an asshat. Yeah, probably. All right. All right. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye bye now. Bye. 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 Logging off.